0: Welcome to Candy from Strangers. I'm Rebecca
1: and I'm James
0: coming at you with Candid Talk where we aim to contemplate and journey through this life and help your day taste a little bit sweeter.
1: So today we're going to talk about how your first draft is not your final draft and a little bit of ground truth up front. I'm a procrastinator
0: and I'm a planner
1: and we're both perfectionists which makes life really fun around our house. So why we're talking about first draft is not your final draft is because we just finished a monthly challenge, National November Writers Month. So it just ended. My wife challenged me to write a book. We challenged our kids to write stories. The challenge is to get 50,000 words written in the month of November. This is the third time I've participated. The most I've ever got was 2,400 words because, well, I'm a procrastinator. And by the end of the month, I'm like, oh, hey, I should probably write something. Can't get 50,000 words done that quickly. So how many many words did I write? Close to 5,000 this month. However, your first draft is not your final draft. And why we're talking about writing and why the challenge was such is because I've been editing my wife's book. Honey, can you talk a little bit about your first draft?
0: So I wanted to write a book and there was a hurdle because I have high standards. I get tripped up sometimes on not necessarily like perfection, but there's definitely a high standard. I know there's going to be errors and such, but to even get started, there's always this hurdle in front of me and I have to get over it. So for me to get over that, I had to latch onto that idea that my first draft is not my final draft. It's okay if it's not perfect. Just start. And so about two years ago, I just started in the evenings. I started writing away and finished the book. I'm a very do-it-yourself, can-do type person, and so I'm going to self-publish my book. I had all these great ideas, but we're just going to publish it.
1: So Becca's like, I'm going to publish this book now, and I haven't even read it. She's like, I'm going to publish this. and I'm like, are you, are you going to get it edited? Are you Are you going to take another crack at it? She's like, no, it's good. It's fine. Don't, don't, don't... <laughs> There's no time for that. (laughs) There's no time for that. And if I wait around for you to edit it, it'll never get edited.
0: Right. Procrastinator. (laughs) You don't want a procrastinator to be your editor. So I reached out to an artist I know, a great artist, to get some cover work done. And I figured I'll just get um, a freelance editor to go over it once. But then I found out how expensive that can be. And for the amount of time it's going to take to edit something that wasn't done, I thought, well, I'll edit it myself. I do everything. I'll just do it myself. So... I skimmed through it real quick and then I gave it to my husband. Please edit this book. He started it.
1: I did. I actually started editing it and I was going through it. And do you know how hard it is to edit something for somebody you love? Like actually being like, ooh, I need to give her frank advice and feedback, but I love her and I live with her and I want to continue to live with her. (laughs) (laughs) So how, and that's like realizing that in all of our years of marriage and all of our talks about honesty and being candid with each other, realizing that many times we had been trapped in a keep the peace conversation rather than actual, not criticism, but hey, this is how you can do better. Right. And now I was in this trap with giving feedback on her book and realizing I, I was not as good with honest, candid feedback to my wife as I really thought I was.
0: Right. And I really needed it. And I've, I've been taught through working as a performer that you have to have feedback and it is a gift. Even negative feedback is a gift. And you just have to say thank you. And it's your choice whether or not to implement those notes or not. But I couldn't wait for James to finish editing. He'd only edited maybe what, three, four chapters? I have
1: four chapters in.
0: And I, I started working on the notes and I was looking at them. And you're so kind. You're so gentle. There's a lot of maybe you could look at this. Perhaps flush this out a little bit. Are you sure that's what you mean?
1: If you add a lot of common courtesy pleasantries in the beginning and end of any feedback, it really helps with the sour pill in the middle.
0: Right. But I was horrified at how rough this draft was. And I thought I had already come through it once, so I thought it was good to go. I mean, my high standards, I way lowered those just to get it done, right? That first draft's not your final draft. Just get it done. Okay. Did it. Got it done ready to go. Well, it's not ready to go. I was so horrified. I took the whole thing back, re-went through it with a fine-tooth comb, used some of the notes that he gave me. Then I gave him that copy to go ahead and edit thoroughly and do a good job. And there's there's such, such an openness and a vulnerability in letting somebody read the work that you've done than to turn around and accept any kind of criticism or comment on that. It's hard not to get offended because of the time that you put into it.
1: And I think that's the important part, too, is realizing when you're writing your draft, when you're living your life, when you're doing anything that is worth doing, is having people that can speak into that and be quality editors for you. You actually trust. There has been many people in my life that feel that they can speak into my life in all aspects, virtue of job, position, whatever, and all they do is make me see red. Because I'm a perfectionist, and I am strong-willed, and I know I am right. Oh, man. So getting through that, realizing those are some of my pitfalls, uh, providing quality editing feedback to my wife and just this aspect of our, one of her projects has actually taught us a great many lessons in all aspects of our life in providing that feedback and being candid and being open to allow that to come back as well. Because it is a conversation. It's not one way.
0: Right. It's like a two-way street. And even having questions about notes. And then allowing somebody to make comments about something you've worked on isn't just comments, right? Like, you kind of get to pick who's going to edit. You don't have to allow everyone to have an opinion. And, and everyone
1: has an opinion. Everyone, everyone has, has
0: an, an opinion. Yeah. Like, you don't have to allow everyone's opinion into your life, into your story, right? But you do want somebody who's qualified to come alongside you and give you advice and help. And especially if it's somebody who cares about you, they're not going to come at you and tear you down. They're going to come at you and say, let's let's work on this to make the foundation better or rebuild it and make it stronger. So just the impetus to start. If anybody out there wants to start, you can do it. Just remember that the first draft is not your final draft. It's just the first draft. It's okay if it's rough. Just do it. Just start it.
1: And if you didn't finish the 30-day challenge in 30 days, Guess what? There are more days. That's it's pretty awesome. I have started my project for probably the fourth or fifth time in my life. But every time I start this project with this writing project I have, it gets better. Every time I'm building on my own understanding of my writing, my ability to to speak into other people's lives, my ability to like say what I need to say. And part of that is Just having that project in the wings keeps me going down a certain road.
0: Right. And I'm so excited to read it eventually and have my turn to edit yours. But I'll use a green pen, not a red pen. It just seems a bit kinder. I learned that from um, an English professor in college. A green pen works well.
1: Green is the color of growth and life. (laughs) Correct. Red, you know, someone's bleeding.
0: Ouch. But I'm just, I'm proud of you anyways for starting. And I think anybody who just starts it's just that standing up to try that's so important. And I think we we get stuck or we get bogged down in the way things have to be, or the way things should be. And it's a trap. And so to put, put those expectations aside, those super high expectations, the perfectionism, and just say, I'm gonna give it a shot. Even if it's just an idea, brainstorming an idea, like, hey, that's your idea. And it doesn't have to be finished in necessarily 30 days, but it's there, right? And so when you have time to get to it, Lord knows not everybody has a bunch of time right now to be writing a book. But just the dreaming side, the hopeful side, the wanting to try something new side, that's important to not lose sight of. That's some heart. Just even a note in your phone, something that you maybe want to work on at some point, coming up with an idea, doing a little bit of research. That's valid. That counts.
1: And maybe it's not writing. Maybe it's reading. Maybe it's uh, working out. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's just counting leaves, I don't know, whatever your try, right? You might not be able to count leaves right the first time, but as just an example, like my goodness knows my four year old our four year old has a hard time counting sometimes, she can, but she can get up to a hundred now it, you get better with time, and that's the beauty of it. when you're trying something the first time, it's awesome as a toddler because they're they they're all in, they're all in with everything in their their gusto, and when they try. You're like, yeah, good job. Now, this is how you can do better. But you're never, you're never coming down on them. They're figuring out how to walk and talk.
0: You look at the mindset of a child and they don't think they're not going to do it.
1: Because they can see us and see that we are doing it and they want to be just like us. So maybe you won't be the next JK Rowling, but maybe you are the next best you. And that's the challenge, is actually just getting the next best you out there. And that the next best you we'll have a chance to edit to get an even better you.
0: Right. For me, my experience in writing this book and, and realizing I need to edit some things, I cut out a whole chapter, an entire chapter cut out of this thing. It got rid of some exposition because it was boring. And I was writing the sales copy for the back of it. And I realized my protagonist wasn't even my protagonist. It was the other character who was the protagonist because that's who went through the most growth and change in the story. So then I had to re-go through it again. But in that process... I decided, you know what? I'm going to send this out to literary agents. I'm going to just try this idea of trying, right? It doesn't have to be the final draft. I'm going to make a query letter and I'm going to send this out to a literary agent. And I just went for it, sent it out. I just didn't expect to hear back. You don't usually hear back from agents or callbacks. Anyhow, I got a letter in the mail.
1: From, that was pretty cool.
0: From a literary agent. And I, okay, there's excitement. And I'm like, what? I didn't expect a reply. And it was a very kind rejection letter.
1: <laughs> very kind.
0: But the fact that they took the time to send me a letter.
1: And how was it addressed?
0: Dear author.
1: Oh, yeah. Talk about validation.
0: <laughs> so I came in the house. Look, it's my first rejection letter. And I showed our children. And they were a little confused because they thought I should be sad. And so they wanted to be sad for me. But then they were like, wait, mom's happy. And I pinned it on a bulletin board in our office. So that's mommy's first try. You guys, there it is. It says, dear author. And just getting that rejection letter made me more confident to try again. So I sent out a couple more query letters and they're still out there. There's a time limit. There's about six to eight weeks. You have to wait for a response. And one of them said, you know, if you query us, it's an exclusive query. Don't send it to other literary agents while we're looking at it. And if you don't hear back from us, consider it a pass. Right. But here's the thing. Having the confidence to even try to do that is huge for me because I always have high expectations and then I always think it's not going to be good enough. That's literally my spiral pitfall trap that I put myself in. But if I don't hear back from these other agents, that's okay. I can still publish it myself. I can still do that route. It's still available to me. But it's just having the confidence to even try.
1: And even the confidence to think you can just take care of it yourself. But it's also something like like working with you that yes. You, you can do all these things, but actually being able to speak into it, knowing your standards, knowing your expectations of yourself, seeing when you're not meeting them and building you to meet them yourself in a loving fashion was really challenging this year because I had to be like, I have seen you, you are an artist. You can create things. So watching you create something, you're like, this is good enough. And I'm like, uh, do you, do you, is that what you want to send out? And having to be flexible. Very much so.
0: I'm not a flexible person because I'm such a planner. So that's definitely been a challenge. So there's the trying the lowering the expectations of your first try and then also being flexible. So the idea of having to edit to fix something, to start over, to pivot, to stretch, all those concepts are difficult for me just to implement on a whim. I actually have to kind of stop, step back, look at what I am doing, look at the goal and kind of re-attack it from another angle.
1: And for me, the challenge is actually discipline. Having a daily discipline to plan out on something that usually I can just make happen as needed when it's needed on a whim. But when you're actually having to do something long term that takes a great deal of investment and time, you can't use your strengths as a procrastinator. Because believe me, if you know some procrastinators, they can pull out projects at the drop of a hat. It and can make be it, a strength. It, it's, it is amazing. Those are the people you want on your team for short notice wins.
0: Well, right. And if you think of a deadline or like under the wire or there's a, there's a fire, those people that can just whip up something and it's fantastic, they work well under like a stressful environment. But when it's not a stressful environment, when there's not something on fire, what are you going to get out of them? So
1: you would think for somebody in my career vocation of choice, that I would be incredibly highly disciplined. And as an admiral once said, make my bed every day in the morning. But uh, I'm like, there's... Who's got time for who's that? who got time for that? And, uh, <laughs> I, I will get things done and usually I'm, I'm fantastic at it. But one of my challenges this year, just as a personal note, was just to read the Bible every day. And guys, let me tell you, that's a really big book. And you can't do that in one sitting. So, so far... I'm 31 days behind. I have to close it out by December 31st for my daily reading plan. No pressure. No pressure. But You work well under pressure. I work well under pressure, but I will tell you, I have over 300 days of reading under my belt across the last year. I started this December 31st, and this is an example of your first draft's not your final draft. This is my first try ever reading the Bible cover to cover, and I'm just using that as an example. Maybe you have a different book in mind that you'd like to read. War and Peace. That's the something. The Iliad. I, the Iliad. I tried reading the Iliad once. That is a tome. It is an impressive work, and I got bogged down in it.
0: I never finished it. But that kind of leads into the next point about pressing on and pressing through. And sometimes it's okay not to finish a challenge.
1: When you see when you see that the challenge is no longer feeding you, it's no longer providing an opportunity, is actually becoming detrimental. Right. Having Having an editor in your life that can say, hey, that challenge is no longer doing something well for you. You don't even need that chapter. And that's a good thing to have. And be like, oh, okay, maybe I can move on from this. If your challenge has been something that's become a stumbling block that's kept you from actually growing or finding another way to grow, being able to say that, say, hey, that was a first draft. Maybe it's time to try something else. Because your second draft or your third draft might not need that chapter in it.
0: Well, and even for me, just the process of looking at this Manuscript cover to cover repeatedly. I didn't even want to do that because it's just the extra time. Who has time for that, right? I'm a mom. I've got three kids. Oh, I don't want to read, look at it again. There's a pandemic. Oh yeah, there's that.
1: We have to go shopping. Did you know you have to plan dinners out every day of your life
0: <laughs> forever?
1: I didn't. As a procrastinator, though, when I I don't plan dinner, there's just food in the house when we make it.
0: It's great fun. Great fun. Segway.
1: Segway. Not a scooter. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: In general, so life is like trying to write a novel. You think this is your title. You think this is your origin story. And then there's exposition. There's some incidents that can form who you are, whether that's a positive or negative. There's rising action. There's a quest. No matter what, we are all on this journey, right? Sometimes there's a crescendo, an unexpected plot twist, or seven,
1: And sometimes when you're sitting there on your elevator pitch or your sales copy for your story, and you realize your story is not even about what you thought your story was about. Oh, dang. That your character is completely different or on a different story arc than you expected in the beginning. Why? (laughs) Because your first draft is not your final draft.
0: Just knowing that you can pivot, you can shift, you're not stuck. There's another chapter. There's growth. There's sidekicks. There's guides. There's other characters that you can bring into your story. You can work on it. You can change it. There's the growth. And then there's the denouement. There's spiritual intervention. And before your story is over, I hope that, you know, you can look back and say, wow, that was a good story. What an exceptional journey. Not that it was perfect, because perfection is a myth. Straight up, that is a myth. Nothing is perfect. And if there's something you're working on, good for you. The point is to get to the end, to look back, And say, wow, that was a good story. And that was mine.
1: And if you're sitting there right now in the middle of telling a story, realize there's more story to tell. That you have opportunity for growth, for montages, for changes, for... The
0: montage.
1: The montage, yes. (laughs) Nobody wants to be in the montage. But that's
0: life. I mean, the majority of your life is just that montage. And we watch it, you know, in film more than necessarily like a book.
1: A montage in a book would be amazing. That would be horrific.
0: But you watch it and you think, oh, the the music's nice or it fits well. They're going through some sort of a change. And then it comes out with the action. The action's moving it forward. Everybody's interested in the action. But our general life, the day-to-day, is like a montage. And if you're not comfortable with just being around your family and friends, having a meal, sitting down, if all you live for is the big exciting moments, then you're leaving out the majority of the story. This episode isn't even a first draft.
1: This is like our third or fourth draft of this. (laughs) I find that humorous.
0: It is humorous, but it's hard for me because I'm so time conscious.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Well aware, well aware.
0: Something doesn't fit into the timetable that I think it needs to fit into.
1: It's gone. It's cut. gone. It's cut.
0: It's cut. I got to cut it out because I'm moving on to the next.
1: Yep. Don't have so time for that.
0: So to sit down and go back over something.
1: We did that already.
0: It's hard for me.
1: Yes. Hard for me to start because I don't think I have the opportunity to edit. So I have to get it right the first time. And, I, and that's my level of perfectionism and my procrastination. And I usually get it right the first time. Because you have to, you made it to where you have to. So there's no opportunity. There's no grace,
0: right? And I so I think just giving ourselves a bit of grace is just so beneficial. And we forget to do that. We forget to be kind to ourselves. Give ourselves grace to. For me to give myself time to have an error and to give myself time to go ahead and fix the error
1: is huge, and hard to do. Really hard to do in practice,
0: and to look at it from the outside
1: and consistency with that grace because you can be like i've already given myself this grace why do i need to do it again oh my goodness i'm not learning obviously i'm not getting better and then it starts the evolution of the process
0: you take yourself out of the story and that doesn't do any good to anybody
1: you need to be in the story. it's your story, and if you're not the protagonist at the end you might want to do a rewrite
0: just saying it is possible and it's worth
1: the time it's your time you should write it
0: if you've hit a rut It's okay, because we believe in you. Just want you to keep turning the pages, friends. There's a new paragraph and whole new chapters
1: waiting just for you.